0: Morning, everyone. Um, how are we all doing? Are we a little bit sweaty? Yes. I'm very sweaty. <laughs> um, it's great to be here this morning. And do you know what? I was as we were singing um, that song then, and it was in so many different languages. Wasn't that just so awesome? You can just feel the spirit with us, can't you? And um for me, and oh I feel a little bit emotional, my brother. Hello, Matt, is in Jordan watching. Oh. <laughs> and do you know what? It's the first time since I think Peter and Sean got married seven years ago that my whole family has worshipped together. How amazing is that? Yeah. Which is awesome, because you know what we're talking about today? Unity. Yeah. Unity. And so we're going to read from Ephesians 4, if you've got a Bible with you. And it is um, from. Ephesians 4, and I've not put the chapter there, but oh, no, it is. Ephesians 4, and it starts at verse 4. Unity and maturity in the body of Christ. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received, because we've all received a calling. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient and bearing one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, one Lord and one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, When he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean? Except that he also descended to the lower, earthly regions. He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the universe. Now, I realise that's quite a long passage for my first one. I promise it's not always like that. Also, um, Chloe, uh, uh, where's Chloe gone? Yeah, Chloe, I was feeling Chloe as she was up there. I was like, I need people to respond. Um, so, if you agree, say yes. If you don't agree, it's okay. You can say no, but maybe say it a bit quieter. <laughs> So today, we are celebrating the cultures that build up this church of Zeo. How amazing is that? And how many cultures are here. It's so awesome. But we're also thinking about unity. And sometimes in unity, we get a little bit confused. We think that we're all going to be best friends. That isn't it. Who has got a best friend? Yeah, yeah. Some of us have. My best friend is here. But if I point to her, then her children will tell me, yeah, the child's waving at me because she's my best friend as well. (laughs) You are. You are. Um, Some of us don't have best friends. Some of us have lots of friends. Some of us don't. But unity is not having a bestie. It's not about getting to go to the movies together or get to go shopping together. Unity goes much deeper. It also doesn't mean that we're all the same that we're all acting like robots. How boring would it be if we were all the same? For instance, I have changing hair colour. Don't know if anyone's noticed. At the minute, it's kind of pink. I don't know, because I don't know Matt well. I don't think Matt's going to come into the next celebration with pink hair. Could be wrong. Could be wrong. (laughs) Maybe it's a challenge. But we're not the same like that. We agree on some things, we don't agree on some things, and that's okay, because there can still be unity. So I want to know, who today here is really good at admin? Who's good at administration? Okay. Who's not so good at administration? (laughs) I've already admitted to Alan that numbers make my eyes hurt, so I... (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm not sure it's good to admit that. Um, who here is really good at welcoming people into their home and feeding them? Yeah, yeah, I'm good at that. Who here is great at organizing? Isabel is a great you are, Isabel. You're great at organizing. Who's good at preaching? Oh, you see people are a bit scared now. <laughs> Yeah. Who's good at mentoring other people up in Jesus? Amen. It's amazing when we're all different because that is who God has made us to be. He has made us uniquely us. Have a look at the person next to you to your left. They look different to you. Have a look to the right. They look different to you. Aren't they beautiful? Yeah. Okay. I want you to look at those people and say, you're beautiful. do you know why we're beautiful? Because God made us. But God didn't just make us unique, he also made us all in his image. We are all got a bit of God inside of us. We're all, there are many, many, a variety of us, we are all made in the image of God. But before we dig deeper on how we need to be unified together, I want us to think about us and our unity with God. And why that's important, because I think if we're not in unity with God, we can't really be in unity with one another. Our unity with God then makes our unity with each other flow from that. So as I was thinking and praying about what I was going to speak to today, Jonah kept coming up, and I was like, "Uh, okay, we'll we'll move that. And then I kept going, and Matt had given me unity, and I was like, okay. And then, you know when God is like, no, that is what you're talking about so that's what we're talking about so um who learned about jonah the story of jonah and the big fish as a child yeah i had lots of books on it um who learned about it as jonah and the whale who finds it really irritating that it's a whale now because it says it's a big fish um for those that didn't know um so i learned about it and i learned about it in kids church who went to kids church here Yeah, I went to something called scramblers. Is that still a thing? I don't know. I know I'm old. So I'm deceptively young looking. You'll find out my real age. Um, And so I learned about it. And I learned that God told Jonah to do something. And Jonah didn't do it. And so he got swallowed by a big fish. And I thought, I don't want that to happen to me. I don't want to be swallowed by a big fish. Now, it was very unlikely. I grew up in the centre of Birmingham. <laughs> I wasn't near the sea, about far away from the seas you can get in England. But I just thought, if you don't do what God tells you to do, then disaster will strike. But that really isn't the story of Jonah, is it? It's not all about that. And so, at the very beginning of the book of Jonah... God speaks to him and he tells him to go to Nineveh. So I'm going to imagine Nineveh's over here today because I can't stand still. Nineveh's over here. God told Jonah to go to Nineveh. But God didn't go, go to Nineveh and tell people about me, which is what I presumed it says. Do you know what God tells Jonah? He says, preach against it. Preach against Nineveh. Its wickedness has come before me. Now, I don't know about you, but if God said to me, go somewhere... Go to Milton Keynes. <laughs> I was thinking of a place. Hopefully no one lives there apart from a brother. Um, go to Milton Keynes and they're really wicked and you're going to preach against it. I think I would be a bit scared. Who would be a bit scared here? Yeah. Uh, I would be like, mm, okay, so maybe I can, I can see where Jonah's on on this. So Jonah is scared. We all have things that we're a bit scared of, don't we? Um, some things... We're like, I've got this. This is easy for me. If someone asks me to bake a cake, I'm like, yeah, if someone asks me to make rice, I panic. Might ask me to make rice this week. (laughs) It's the one thing I can't cook. And it's true, my family are agreeing. Yeah. Uh, Some things come easily to us. Some things we think, okay, it's a bit tricky, but like I can do this. I can, it's a challenge. Who likes a challenge? Yeah, we like a challenge. Maybe we can go with it. And there's some things that just seem impossible. Like, no, not for me. Closed off for it. Cannot conquer that at all. But what about when we're in complete unity with God? What about when we're in complete unity with God? I know that when I'm pursuing God, putting him at the centre of my whole being, Submitting my will to his, saying, God, your will be done, all the things that seem impossible suddenly become possible. Suddenly, the mountain seems like I can can climb that. I can do that. And so Jonah hears from God and he thinks, No, I'm all right, God. I don't fancy going there. I don't want to preach to them. They're wicked. And so instead of going to Nineveh, Jonah goes in the opposite direction to. Tarshish. I can't quite say it right. Is it Tarshish? We're going to go with it. Tarshish (laughs) in the opposite direction. God then sends a massive storm. Oh, Jonah's in a boat. He sends a massive storm. The sailors all freaked out. They were all scared. They woke Jonah from his sleep and they were like, no, who is it? They worked out it was Jonah's fault and he put his hands up in the end. And so they threw him into the sea. God sent a big fish to swallow Jonah up. And Jonah had this realisation that God had asked him to do something which he needed to do. Because God doesn't ask us to do things because it's for a laugh, does he? He doesn't think, oh, that'll make them uncomfortable. Crack on. He doesn't do something. He didn't say to Jonah, oh, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh and preach to them and tell them that they're wicked because I think it'll be a nice holiday for you. He wanted them He wanted him to go and to tell them that the only way that they could be saved was to submit to him. God always gives us a choice. Jonah had a choice. We all have a choice. We have a choice whether we want to be in unity with God. We have a choice whether we want to be in unity with one another. But God had a purpose for Jonah. He had a ministry for Jonah. And so for me, um, when I was quite little. When I was probably about four, I knew that God had placed a calling on my life. And it wasn't like God was a big, booming voice. Some people do hear that. I have heard that before. But this was just, I knew from the age of four. So my mum and dad became Christians when I was a baby. So I, they grew up in faith as I grew up in faith. And I just knew that God had put a calling on my life to work in his mission field. Now, I didn't really know a lot. I was four. And my mum and dad had some friends called Richard and Rosenberry. And they were missionaries in Sri Lanka. And they were working with people um, who had leprosy. And I just thought that was the only way that you could work in God's mission field. So I grew up thinking that I was going to be a missionary. And that I was going to go to somewhere in the world. And that's what God was telling me. But the problem was is that I'd had that calling on my life and I hadn't pursued it with God. I hadn't pushed into God. I hadn't been in unity with God's will and God's spirit and what his calling on my life was. I hadn't pushed it with him. I just was comfortable in thinking, oh, God's told me this one thing, so I'm just going to run with it. Um, And so after I did school, which who liked school? Who didn't like school? Who went to see their friends? (laughs) Definitely. Um, After I went to school, I didn't want to go to university. I didn't want to do anything of that because I knew that God was calling me to be in his mission field. I didn't need any of that nonsense. And so when I was 16, I went on mission for the first time to India for six months. And it was great. And I got back, and I grew so much. And I got back, and I was like, okay, God, what next? But I wasn't in unity with God's Spirit. I wasn't pursuing what he had called over my life. I wasn't asking him his direction for me. I just presumed that it was the same and it was always going to be the same. And It was my way of thinking. And so I did lots and lots of jobs. From working in shops, in receptions, from being a dinner lady to working as a builder. I did a bit of everything. And I still... Didn't know, And I was so frustrated with God. I was like, "But God, you put this calling on my life when I was four years old. Why isn't it working out for me? Why is everyone else seem to have their lives in order? I don't understand. but I hadn't submitted my will to God. I wasn't in unity with God and what He wanted of me. And so I had a Mardi. Do we use the word mardi here? Yes, Yes, me and Amy. I had a mood.) And I was like, fine, if God's not going to tell me, I've got to sort it out myself. And so off I went to Manchester, and I studied um, history and teaching English as a foreign language. Guys, I struggle with English for myself. <laughs> it weren't ever going to work out. And I had a great year, and I was part of the CU, and I was a bit older than everyone, so I got to mum everyone. and made loads of roast dinners for everyone. But it didn't work out and academically I struggled and it was never going to work out because it wasn't what God was calling, it wasn't what God wanted for me, it was what I think I was doing because I'd heard once but hadn't kept pressing in to God. We need to keep pressing in to God. And so eventually I came back and had a meltdown and did some more jobs and finally I realised that I had to submit my will to God's will. I came into unity with him, and he revealed what he wanted me to do. And that's why I've ended up where I am. That famous um, verse in Jeremiah, isn't it, that we all know and love? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. They are so true. We need to declare that over ourselves every day. God has plans for me. He has plans for you. And they are not to harm you. They are to prosper us and to give us a hope and a future. But Jonah. So the fish sicked him up on the beach. I think that's the bit that really grossed me out as a child. And he packed off and he eventually went to Nineveh. And the people repented when Jonah told them about God. And they turned to God. They submitted their will to God's, And they became in unity with the Father. And Jonah had a mardy. He was moody. Jonah wasn't happy. Jonah was irritated that God was so compassionate. He was irritated that God was so compassionate. Imagine that. Imagine being irritated because God's blessing appears on someone else. I don't know about you, but I have definitely felt that before. And it's not over simple things. Um, They're things that we struggle with. Maybe it's not having a partner. Maybe it's not having children. Maybe it's losing someone. And we think, why does everything work out for that person? Why does it never work out for me? But Jonah wasn't thinking big picture. And sometimes we don't think big picture. And it's hard because it hurts so bad. Once again, Jonah wasn't in unity with God. And it weren't looking good for him. He moaned and he got sunburn in the heat. God gave him shade and then he took it away. And still he didn't get the point that the grace of God is for God everyone. The grace of God is for everyone. God wants unity with each and every one of us. When we pursue God's heart and not our own, we get in in unity with him in his mission and his love for other people, even if that seems difficult for us. Without it, it's much harder. It's much harder to love one another our personal relationships with God, our unity with the creator of heaven and earth is what makes being in unity together doable. It's what binds us all together. So... In Psalms it says, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. And it's so true, isn't it? But sometimes it can be difficult. Let's be honest. Who finds it difficult to get along with some people? We all do, don't we? We're all a little bit different and we can rub each other up the wrong way. When Jesus ascended into heaven, he sent his spirit to live in each of us. We all have the same spirit in us. It is the thing that unites us all together. We have the living God living in each and every one of us. That binds us together. Sometimes it's easy to get mad at each other. Does anyone else get mad here? Never, Amy. (laughs) Some of us have road rage. I have road rage. Uh, sometimes. <laughs> I'll be honest. Who grumbles? Who's like, oh, it's too hot. Oh, it's too cold. <laughs> Me. Sometimes we argue. Who's good at arguing? Yeah. Who's good at having a bit of a stomp of their feet? And they oh. Sometimes it's easier to split rather than draw closer. Sometimes it's easier to split rather than draw closer to each other. Real unity requires real effort. Real unity requires real effort. Paul says, doesn't he, in verse 3, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. So, What is it? What is our outward working of being in unity with God and one another? It's putting Jesus at the centre of absolutely everything. Does this mean everything always runs smoothly? No, God doesn't promise us that it is going to be easy all the time, does he? But we need to put Jesus at the centre of it. Because with Jesus, we cannot fail. His ways are perfect and just. So um, my friend Gemma, you'll get to know her. She's sat over there. She's looking at me awkwardly. Wave at everyone, Gem. (laughs) So she bought me a necklace and she's had inscribed on it, which is perfect today. God is within us. She will not fail. God is within us. She will not fail. And that is so true for all of us. God is inside each and every one of us. And because God is inside of us, we cannot fail. The work of the enemy is no good. We need to remember that even though the battle rages on, the war is already won. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It means we need to pursue God's heart when we're trying to love one another. I like to think of it, do you know about like beer goggles, when people have a few wines and suddenly someone becomes very attractive to them. <laughs> that wouldn't normally be attractive to them. It's like putting on our Jesus goggles. We need to put on our Jesus goggles whenever we are seeing anybody else. We need to see people with the eyes of Jesus, with the heart of Jesus. They need to cover our own so that we see people the way that God made them to be, the way that Jesus sees them with all the love and the grace and the compassion. Even when we feel like we're running on empty, God can give us that. And so we're going to be thinking a little bit more in our church at home, as Matt said earlier, about how to get along with anyone as much as it depends on you. Is that right? And so that is going to break down actually some of the practical ways, some of the ways that we really push into that of how it is that we learn to get along with everyone as much as we can, as much as we can about putting our Jesus goggles on and pushing into him and seeing people through the eyes and the heart of Jesus. I wouldn't want to be some part of something if I saw that everyone was divided and inwardly fighting, would you? I definitely wouldn't. So what about people when they come in off the street? What about people who aren't a part of God's family yet? Would they want to join if they saw people inwardly fighting and disagreeing and being mean to one another? I don't think they would. Um, Just before Jesus went to heaven, he said, My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. He's talking about the disciples, which is us, guys. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. God loves us even as he loved his own son. And in saying all of that, I realise that (laughs) unity isn't simple. It requires real effort. Lots of us have different views, don't we? Even when it comes to what the Bible says and our understanding of it. Maybe our theology is a bit one way, the way we understand things, and our brothers and sisters is a little bit different. I don't know. Me and Matt so far have agreed on stuff, but there's going to be stuff we don't agree on. It's normal. And I know firsthand that it can be really tough. And when we have different beliefs or feelings towards things, if we aren't living in unity, bitterness and mistrust, they creep in and we all end up hurt. But unity doesn't mean that we have to be exactly the same. There is so much beauty in our uniqueness. And diversity and unity go hand in hand. Because God made us. He made us to be different. He wants us to be together and be different at the same time. It's how we handle the diversity of all of us that is so important. It's all linked, isn't it? When we're in unity with God the Father, it means we can be in unity with one another. And it's not through my will or my power. It's through Jesus and the spirit that he has put inside of us that brings that circle round. The world will see Jesus in us when we live in unity and the church will grow. And when the church is living in unity, it means the world looks very different to how it looks right now. Because suddenly what we are pursuing isn't about us. It isn't about making sure that the worship's brilliant and that the sermon's on point and that everything's all professional looking. It means, even though that is great, and guys, you're banging, but but it does mean the thing that we are all pursuing in unity, that is every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen? Amen. Shall we say it together? Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Amen. I'm going to pray for us. Oh, Lord God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the gifts that people have brought here today. We thank you that we are all unique. And yet, God, we are made in your image that you love us so much, the same as you love your son, God, that you just pour out your blessings and grace upon us. God, would we push into you this week? Would we pursue unity with you? Would we place you at the very heart of everything? Lord God, would we repent of the areas where we need to repent? Would we turn from trying to focus on ourselves and our abilities and our way of doing it, God? And would we just go after you, after your heart? Lord God, would we see each other with those Jesus goggles? Would we love one another the way that you love us, Jesus? Would we pursue it? Would we pray, God, that you would be at the heart of everything? Oh, God, we pray for unity, that we would be in union with you, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that we would be at unity with one another. And, Lord God, that our whole mission would be for people to come to know you, that the world would see you, Jesus, the truth of you, the love of you, the grace of you, and that every knee would bow and every tongue would confess that you are Lord. Amen.